Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Church of the Lakes Online. Thank you for joining us this morning. We are so glad to have you with us this morning. So whether you're a, a regular member or a tender of Church of the Lakes and you're on vacation or maybe you're sick today, sorry if that's the case, um, or maybe you're a first-time visitor checking us out, maybe you just came upon our website, uh, whatever that is, welcome. We'd love to um, know who you are. If so, if you want to send us a message, let us know uh, who you are. One of the ways you can do that, like they mentioned, is we've got our e-guide on your phone. You go to cotlakes.com and then click on the little bars at the top and then hit e-guide. And um, basically, it's got everything you need. So just like if you walked into church and we handed you one of our experience guides, that's why it's called an e-guide, um, is is because that like it would have sermon notes and it would have information about the church and kids ministry and all the well that stuff is here for you so if you're a first-time guest that's the very first tab love for you to click on that fill out a little bit of information we won't get a whole bunch of information promise you nobody's going to try to show up at your door or we're not going to put you on a spam email list or any craziness like that uh, we just like to know who you are and be able to communicate a little bit with you about what's going on at church of the lakes but um, events are in here small groups are going on right now you might want to get involved with that sermon notes are here next steps giving anything you could want so uh, pull this up and and uh take the opportunity to communicate with us or participate with us or even to respond to today's sermon uh, whatever maybe the holy spirit puts on your heart today there's a place there where you can put in a prayer request or you can say today i gave my heart to God for the very first time, and I'd like to understand what to do now and more about that. So jump on the e-guide. Love to have you do that. We have been doing a a, a series that is just, it's one of the favorite series that we've ever done since we've been at Church of the Lakes. I've had so much feedback from it, um, and, and we're looking at this scenario of, man, has our culture gotten crazy? Anybody else? Um, you know, man, there's... It's just madness, right? I mean, masks or no masks or vaccine or no vaccine. Do you get a booster? You do not get a booster. Why do I need a booster if I already got the vaccine, but they didn't work the first day? If it didn't work the first time, how come I should get it again? I mean, we're in this madness, right, that's going on around us. But even more than that, there's the reality that we are we're moving away from being a god godly culture. We, we are our, our, our our culture was founded, our nation was founded on godly principles. As a matter of fact, on Veterans Day, I'm going to show you what that looks like. You're not going to want to miss that service as we talk about rights uh, on that particular day. But but it seems that we're moving away from things that are godly and moving more to an ungodly culture. Well, how do you live out a godly lifestyle when you're surrounded by an ungodly culture? And that's kind of what we've been looking at for weeks now. And the way we chose to do that is through this series called Tough as Nails. And what we're doing is we're studying the book of Daniel. Daniel uh, was a guy that was pulled from his country and dropped into an absolutely pagan, pagan, pagan culture. Yet he thrived. He was raised up into leadership. He had influence in their culture, yet he never compromised his belief in God. So we've been studying that because we've been saying, how do we do that? How do I do that? Like, how can I live this out? How can I be a Daniel? 
right? How can I realize that maybe God's called me to do the same? And maybe it's not that I'm going to be in the government and have some high position, but he has given you a place of influence. That might be your home. That is your workplace. That is your school. That is your neighborhood. Any place that are spheres that you dwell in, he has planted you there that you might be a Daniel. Right, That you might live in what might be a crazy culture or a crazy surrounding, but never compromise and be the example he's called us to be. So week one, we talked about the, the fact that the, really the world is trying to change your identity. Right, There's trying to change our identity, and we said it this way, it's kind of culture's goal. They're, the goal of this world is to get you to do anything but acknowledge the fact of who God called you to be. So it's, it's, it's pulling you away to other things and trying to have you, um, focus in other ways. And so it's changed this identity. And in the story, they changed the, the identity of the young men. They tried, they gave Daniel a different name. They gave the other guys different names and they gave him these names and they were perverted names. They took what was a godly name and made it something really ungodly. And that's what the culture is really in a lot of ways trying to do with each one of us. Week two. We talked about what culture's test is. What is the test of culture? It's compromise. Compromise, right? No, you know, all that stuff in the Bible, that's like from thousands of years ago. That's not up to date. That's not for today. You know, and, and compromise what we believe. Week three, we talked about what is culture's sin? What is the sin of the world? What's the, if you boil it all down. When we do things that are outside of the way God wants us to live, what does it really come down to? Pride. Pride. I want it the way I want it, when I want it, how I want it, right? Like this, and, and yet the story of being a follower of Jesus is that we give him complete control of our lives. We surrender our lives. So there's this battle. Right, This battle of pride, of me, 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 the me monster that loves to come out in all of us. Or this, God, what is it you want? How do you want me to live in all this? And then last week we talked about distraction to exhaustion. This is kind of culture's tactic. right? If it's going to get you to change your identity, compromise, and live by pride, self-pride, it's going to distract you to exhaustion. So we've got a million things. Anybody got a crazy schedule? Uh, any of you overscheduled? Right. You come to a point where you're just like, you know, I got to do more and I got to do more. And we keep trying to cram more into our schedule. But today I want to talk about if that's what's going on around us, if that's the, the, the maddening culture, the fast paced, um, fast food laden, a um, hundred miles an hour all the time, stressed here from meeting to meeting and gathering and this and that. And I'm trying to cram church in that. I'm trying to be in a small group at night, but it's trying to maintain my family and my marriage. I mean, this man, what, what is this culture's need? Now, I think this is going to shock you. What is the need of our culture? And here's the answer. It's you. It's you. Like that's God's plan. And, and you might go, wait, what? Like, but I'm battling my identity and I'm battling compromise and I'm battling pride and all that. Yep, you are. And, and I'm, I'm being distracted and all this. But the story of God says that the people of God will come on a rescue mission. So what this culture needs is you. What this culture needs is me. Now let's take a look at Daniel's story to understand how that actually works. Daniel 6, verse 1. 
it pleased Darius. Now, this is another king uh, that, that we've already studied a little bit, but this is this is one of the kings. And remember, Daniel was under four different leaders, right? And 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 listen to me, this is cool. All of them actually liked him. All of them honored him. So for those of you who would look back, let me say it this way, and I'm going to get a little political for a second just to make you uncomfortable. Um, think about the last four presidents. And I wonder how many people are in high positions have stayed through all four presidents. The answer? Zero. Right? Because the Republican brought the Republican people and his own people, and the Democrat came in and they all got to boot and he brought his own people. Like, you know, there might be some rare things here and there, but there aren't cabinet members. There aren't people. But that's what Daniel did. Daniel maintained this high-ranking position through four different kings. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself. Look at those words. So distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his. How did he how did, how did he distinguish himself? Was he good looking? Um, was he like did he was he more shrewd than anybody? Was he more political than anybody else? Was he smarter than anybody? But listen to this by his exceptional qualities, exceptional qualities, qualities that are distinguishing like they, they distinguished him. Now, now hear me on this for any of us that want to make a difference here where God has called us to be. We can only make a difference if we're different. Let that sink in for a second. You can only make a difference if you're different. You cannot lead and be part of the pack at the same time. Right? Leaders are out front. And leaders do something different. I've often said this to leaders that I'm helping or training or whatever. Leadership is lonely. Right? Because you're the one that's out leading the the scenario. And we cannot make a difference unless we are different. And again, we are God's plan A, and there ain't no plan B, right? That's, that's it. So this is not an option. This is our calling. Our calling is to bring glory to him. That's our purpose. How are we going to do that? Living like Daniel, having exceptional qualities, things that make people go, what, what the heck is to deal with that person, right? They, things that make people step back and just go, hmm, like, I wonder what, like, what, I wonder what their day looks like. I wonder what they do at home. I wonder, because they're so distinguishable from all the other and all the rest, right? It says that he so, uh, ex- distinguished himself with exceptional qualities that the cl- king planned to set him over the whole kingdom, right? Daniel has made it through, like I said, several different kings had influence. And listen to me, he did not do it because he had great negotiation skills. Not by manipulating or being politically smart, not by being mean or rude, not by being a brown noser. He had exceptional qualities that brought him influence and favor, and he was set over the whole kingdom. It's interesting. In 21 years of ministry, I've had a number of people come and man, they want to lead or they want to speak. Right. And you know what? They've got some leadership skills. They've got people skills. 
they've got, but there was, there's something that you would look at and go, eh, I don't think right now. And they couldn't get it. And the reason they couldn't get it is because they lacked, lacked exceptional qualities or what I would say, character. Right? Like, you have to understand, you might be lifted up onto a platform, given some opportunity, but if you don't have the character, that platform will fall very, very quickly. It's why we see people have moral failures and this, and, and people that get up into high positions. See, you can get to the position, but if you don't have the character to maintain the position, then you're, you're, it's not, it's not going to be there. And, and so I've seen that for years. I've had young people come and go, I just feel like I'm called to preach. I want to preach. Give me the microphone. Right. But when I watched their life, when I, when I watched their decision making, um, they were eloquent speakers. Maybe they could speak better than I've ever spoken. Maybe they're creative in the way they used words and all that. But the bottom line is if the character is not there, it's it's not going to work out in the long run. right? So it, it goes on and it says, At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his, check these words out, conduct of government affairs. What is that? The conduct of government affairs, that's his work. Here's here's the point. You want to talk about defining somebody's character? Show me their work. Show me their work. Show me um, what time they get to work. Are they early? Are they on time or late? My wife likes to say early is on time and on time is late. Right? Um, someone who so distinguishes themselves, they're the last ones to leave. Someone who so distinguishes themselves is the person that their job is done, but there's other people still working, so they go help them and don't just go, hey, that's not my work, right? And so I, I want you to, I want to point this out that what they find is they're trying to find something. There's a group of them that are trying to like rise up and have this like mutiny against Daniel and get him thrown out. And they come to this place, look into this, at this, the administrators and satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. In other words, the way that he worked and the way that he went about what he was assigned to do was so excellent, they could not find one tardy, right? They could not find one moment where he was written up for something. They could not find a time where he forgot his name tag. You know what I mean? What you, you can put this into any job, into any particular scenario, but they could, they were unable to do it. They could find no corruption in him. What is that? That's integrity. They could not find a place where somebody had slipped him some money so that they, you know, he would do give them this little favor or do any. And he was in government like that. We see that as a normal thing in all kinds of governments, not just ours. But they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Look at that. So there's a character thing there, and the character thing is the corrupt is the integrity. The negligent is the work ethic. Right? So we've got to look at that and understand. Listen to me. If you want to be a witness, you got to be a worker. If you want to be a witness, you have to live with integrity. Because you can have all the eloquent words of God. You might have the whole Bible memorized. You, you, you might be able to spout out verses and, and talk about St. Augustine and the church history and all. And there's a lot of people that have a lot of amazing knowledge. But if you don't have a work ethic and, 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 and you don't have the integrity, those words fall on deaf ears. 
Because people know that. People sense that. People see that in us. Right? So finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man. Listen to me. This is how God wants to change the world. He wants a people that so distinguish themselves. That say, I'm going to live in a way that, yeah, some people are going to look at it and say it's weird. It's still going to make them wonder. It's still going to make them go, why would you do that? And I guarantee you, when you live that way and people think that way about you, you're the first one they come to when their lives fall apart. Right? Which is exactly what happens with, with Daniel. Look at, look at 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen, right? And we just read that part, and we go, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Spirit, go get them. Right? Hey, Spirit, go fix this. Hey, Spirit, go take care of things. But I want to show you the next couple words. The next couple words, and we. Oh, wait, this is this is not God. This is talking about us, where the Spirit of the Lord is there's room, and we who with unveiled faces, that's a fancy word, a way of saying we get to see God face to face. We get to have relationship with God. We with unveiled face all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory. Check these words out. Which comes from the Lord? When you read this and you go, oh, I'm not that great of prayer and I got to do this and You know, I'm not, no, 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 you're not reading this because listen to me, the transformation comes from him. It's just a heart of surrender that leads us to a place and he does the transformation inside of us. If we're going to make a difference in the world, it will be because we are being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. But the moment that we say things like, I could never do that. My marriage could never be like that. That's just unrealistic. My kids, kids will never be like that. You don't know my past. I don't have what it takes to fill in the blank. Listen to me. That is buying into the world. That is buying into the culture that wants to change your identity. What is your identity? The scripture says you are, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are a new creation. And we are in the process of being transformed into his likeness. It is when we draw close to God and read his word and pray. Why do we say those things all the time? Sometimes I think that, you know, people are in church for a long, long time and you hear you should pray. You should pray every day and you should read your Bible and you should read your Bible. And it gets kind of want, 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 want to us kind of thing. We forget why. Here's the why. Because you have a calling to bring glory to God. How are you going to do that? Because I'm a terrible person. I, I can't do that by myself. You're exactly right. You can't. You're not supposed to be doing the transformation. You're not a dog that we want to train to behaviorally respond. No, 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 no. I want you to draw close to Jesus. And when you draw close to him in relationship, guess what happens? He transforms you. He makes you more and more into his likeness. Now, what does it look like to be his likeness? What is it? What does it look like for us to have the image of God? Because if I'm going to work on this, if, if I'm working on drawing close to God so that he begins to transform me, I want to know what the goal is. Anybody else? Like, I, I want to have an idea like, okay, what, what does it look like for me to be transformed into the image of God? Well, let me put this to you. Revelations 4, 6, and 7. This is, this is, this is at the end of your Bible, 
And, and, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Revelation coming up, but, but in the end of your Bible, it describes kind of end times, but there's this scene it describes, and it says this, in the center around the throne, this is the throne of God, were four living creatures, and they covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third was like the face of a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Now, many scholars believe, listen to me, that what's described here is these four faces represent the image of God. Represent what God looks like. Now, you might go, well, that kind of seems like one verse. All right, let me go to Ezekiel 1 and 10. Their faces look like this. this so, Revelation is written here. Ezekiel's written, you know, several hundred years prior their faces look like this. Each of the four had the face of a human being on the right side. Each had the face of a lion on the left side, an ox, and each of the face of an eagle. It goes on in Ezekiel one twenty-eight, Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. So this, listen to me, this is describing what God looks like. This is describing the image of God. So if you and I... If, if we're called here and we're to be plan A, right, and there ain't no plan B, and we are to be transformed as we have relationship with him, he begins to transform us. What is he transforming us into and how can we see that, that progression in our lives? Well, let's talk about each one of these faces because exceptional qualities that are the reflection or image of God is what's represented in these four faces. Number one is the ox. The ox is the face of a servant. The face of a servant. What, is a, what does an ox do? It carries things. Um, plows. And the other thing they used it for back then was sacrifices. So the ox is the ultimate servant, right? Give everything, right? Listen, Jesus took on the spirit of a servant. Philippians chapter 2. Even though he was like God, being God, he did not consider himself equal, but humbled himself. And humbled himself to even to death on the cross. Right? He sacrificed himself. Jesus took on the spirit of a servant. Daniel took on the spirit of a servant. The way to people's heart is to serve them. The way to people's heart is to serve them. This week, I had a gentleman call me from Tennessee uh, I, I was introduced to him by one of our church members and he called me and he said, Hey, Pastor Mike, I, I want to know like how you got to be chaplain of the police department. Um, cause I would like to work with our lo- local police department. I've done a little bit of chaplain work in some other places and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I said to him, I said, well, listen, I was asked to be the chaplain. So it's, it's kind of hard for me like to describe to you, like I didn't go after something, but what I can tell you is, we had done enough serving in the community that the chief saw our serving and came and said to me, will you start a chaplain program? What is that you serve your way in, right? So what I did was I gave him some ideas. How could you serve your local, your police department? Here's, here's this project or here's that project. And I gave him several projects. I said, now just go do those projects and get your church doing those projects and see what God will do. And after that's the door. This why? Because serving opens every single door. I, I'm convinced the reason Church of the Lakes is Church of the Lakes today is because of years of just serving the community. 
and, and building relationships and building that network. And so what are we doing now? We're serving Leesburg High School. Right? We, we're in Leesburg High School and people are asking, when are you building a building? And I'm like, we're not building a building. Right? Because we could either build a building or we can sponsor the basketball team. Or we can build a building or we can put a new sound system in, in the, in the stadium. One serves my interests, our interests. The other one serves others' interests. Do you hear the difference? Right? So, so we say it this way here at, at Church of the Likes. Wonder precedes the word. Wonder precedes the word. When you make people wonder, right? That's like, why are y'all not building a building? Well, let me tell you about Camp Anderson and all the foster kids that go there and the money that we get to give to help them go to camp. Let me tell you about the missionaries that we get to support. Let me tell you about the rock at Leesburg High School. And here. Let me tell you about the teen center, right? Why are you doing that? Because it gives us opportunity to serve, 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 serve. And, and so we are... We are not setting up our lives in such a way um, that serves us. We are setting up our lives to serve others. And, and, and so let me ask you that question. Is your life currently set up, pointed towards serving you or pointed towards serving others? We are here to change the world. And it begins, the first face, the first image of God is the servant. First Corinthians 9 and 19. Though I am free and belong to no man. Boy, that's when we beat our chest, right? I'm American, man. That's right. I got rights, right? Listen to this. I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible, right? The first face of God, the image of God that he is transforming us into is one is the servant. Number two is the man. The man is the face of love or relationship, right? Um, most people, when you bring up church, God, anything like that, it seems like today it leads directly to doctrinal debates, right? It leads directly to arguments over. I get it all the time. Once people find out I'm a pastor, they start asking me questions like, well, do y'all believe in blah, 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 or do y'all believe in blah, 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 or do y'all do this, or do y'all not do that, or, you know, why don't you have a cross up? Well, we're at a school, so, <laughs> you know, that's kind of a hard thing to do. But but my point is, is that we go right to that, right? And, and can I say this to you? If, you're think, if you think you are ever going to get one of those people, because you say a little amazingly, you just wax eloquent, eloquently at them, and all of a sudden they're going to go, oh, you are right. Oh, my gosh. You are fooling yourself. That is never going to happen, right? Uh, people are arguing to argue. They're not really arguing to get information. They're arguing to win an argument. People don't care what you know till they know, right? You can finish it, that you care. Exactly. John 13 and 34. Jesus says this. This is, I love this, new. new. I, I, I really, this one I want to ask Jesus about when we get to heaven. Because it sounds either sarcastic because it's not a new covenant. It's an old covenant. But he says, a new covenant I'll give you. Like, part of me has this one picture where Jesus is like, hey, I got a new idea. Mm, love. Right? Like, like that's kind of one way. Of the, and the, and, but the other one is it's just, it's so chaotic. Does he say they've forgotten? So I've got to introduce it almost as new. But, but I just find that word interesting. A new command I give to you, love one another. 
Would Jesus say that to us today? In all of our ranting and raving, in, in all of our bantering back and forth, in all of our posts. Man, we got some serious keyboard courage going on, right, with our posts. Love one another. How? As I have loved you. What did he do? He sacrificed his life. He, he served, right? You must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So, two faces so far we're seeing. Image of God. One is serving. The second one is love. Number three is the eagle. The eagle. The eagle, love this one, is the face of honor. Dignity. Respect. Excellence. Let me say it to you this way. God wants us to live a life that draws a wow. Right? God wants us to live a life that people just stand back and go, wow, that, okay, cool. I don't, I don't, I don't totally get it, but wow, hey, well, well done, right? Uh, how do I do that? Oh, well, let me, let me start with some basics. I'm going to step on some toes. You ready? Make your bed. Clean your car. <laughs> Arrive on time. Right? Be the first one to work and the last one to leave. Right? We're, we're, we're talking about excellence here. We're talking about living a lifestyle that is different. Could it be that we need to sacrifice some things so that we can have excellence in a few things in the way we live? Why? Because our witness is more than our ability to argue doctrine. Our witness, now this is back to how you live. Don't you remember the Daniel thing? They could not find anything wrong with his conduct. Right? I mean, I wonder if, I don't know, did he have a chariot back then, maybe? Like, I wonder if, like, his, I, I, I have a hard time picturing, like, McDonald's bags hanging out of his chariot side, like, like is sometimes in my floorboard, right? I'm not throwing stones at anybody. Uh, but, but, you know, when they're looking for his conduct, they're like, his, he keeps his stuff clean, he does his work, there's, right, that's, this is what it's talking about. Matter of fact, they said this about Jesus, Mark 7 and 37. People were overwhelmed, overwhelmed with amazement. They said these words, he has done everything well. That's big. They said, he even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. I, I love, did you catch that? Did you catch that? They say, first they say, he just, does things well. That's their number one. That's what they think is really cool and important. And then they say, you know what he even does, man? He, he even makes the deaf people hear and the mute speak. They, the, the miracle stuff, the wow kind of stuff, they actually put as a as second place. Did you catch that? And it was more about how he, how, how he lived and how he presented. So does it matter how I take care of my home? Absolutely. Does it matter how I take care of the things that God has given? Absolutely. Why? Because we are called to distinguish ourselves from all around us, not compete with. I'm not talking about competing with, you know, Sally down the street with the perfect lawn and all that kind of stuff. But I am talking about this, that people look at us and go, you know, wow, they take care of their stuff. They show up on time. They do like this. This matters. This so matters in our witness to, matter of fact, Matthew 5 and 13, you, you're the salt of the earth. What does salt do? Salt makes things taste better, right? So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to make things better. That, that's, that's, you, you want to know what your purpose is? You're feeling like, I don't know what my purpose in life is. It's to make things better. Like maybe it's as simple as just making your neighborhood better. Your kid's school better. 
your community better, your family better. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. What does light do? It makes things brighter, right? A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl and still, instead they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men. Why? That they might see your good works and praise your Father in heaven. In other words, let me say it to you this way. That people might see what you do and say, I need your God. Like, because of the way you live, they go, there's something there that I need. Salt, better. Light, brighter. Right? We make things better and brighter. How do we do that? Well, these three first faces that if we will draw into God in relationship, he will begin the transformation process inside of us. Why? That we would reflect the image of God. What is the image of God? Well, so far, servant, love, excellence, right? Servant, love, excellence. Number four is this. Now, this is this is the one where I think a lot of Christians do just this one. And it's the lion. And that is the face of boldness. Now, let me say this to you. We cannot be silent, right? We, we cannot be silent. We are not, no, look, don't, don't, don't we are not going to take, hey, separation of church and state. No, this is our country too. We're, we are we the people as well. But you can not be silent and be bold, but be kind at the same time. There, there's a difference, right? Listen to me. If you put these in order, these images, Serve first. Well, that's a servant-like mentality. So I'm going into any situation. I'm going into any post. I'm going into any conversation with a servant mentality. I'm here to serve. My goal is to bring value to their life in this interaction. That's a servant's mentality. Secondly is love. That I would go in lovingly. That I, I care. I have empathy. I'm concerned for them and who they are. And then the third one, wonder or wow. Because of the way I live my life, because of the way I do things, it makes them go, I think I want to hear what this person has to say. Listen to me. If those are the leading actions, then you can be bold and kind at the same time. Right? This is, this is the four faces that most scholars believe represent the image of God. And so we are being transformed into that image. Proverbs 28 and 1, the righteous are bold as a lion, right? They're, they're bold as a lion. Look at, look at this verse and, and I'm going to close up now, but I want to show you this last verse. Jesus asked his disciples, he says to them, who do you say that I am? Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you. What, what is he talking about? He says to him, he says, you're the Christ, right? Peter says, Simon Peter says, you're the Christ. You're, you're the one. And he says, this was not revealed to you by man, but the Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome. What does that mean? That's what it means. When you grasp that this is who you're called to be, and that's who Jesus is, and he, and as I draw in relationship with him, he is transforming me into a servant that loves, that lives a, li- a life of wow, but is bold at the same time, then not even the gates of hell can overcome it. That's the call in our lives. Some of us 
The gates of hell are overcoming our lives in certain areas of our lives. So we've got to track all the way back to the beginning. What did it say? If I will do relationship with God, if I will push into reading his word and talking to him and building relationship, he will transform me into a Daniel. Transform me into a Christ, Jesus, just being Christ-like, so that I can live in such a way that it will reflect him to my community. That is our calling. That is our purpose. How should we live in this culture? Serve, love, honor, boldness. Serve, love, honor, boldness. How should we respond to this culture? Let me give you one more verse. How should we respond to this culture? What, I mean, whoo, like it's coming at us crazy. All right. Well, John 1 and 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's Jesus. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of, here it is, grace and truth, grace and truth. You've heard me teach this probably a million times because I like to go back to it because this is the balance of it all. We are to be full of grace and full of truth. Grace, why why, why grace? Uh, because we all need a Savior, right? So we go into a conversation gracefully because they need a Savior. We all need a Savior. But truth, because it's the only thing that can set people free, right? Serve, love, honor, boldness with grace and truth. Daniel was full of grace, but he never wavered from what was right or true. I mean, let me pray for you today because there, there is a calling and some of you, I know there's probably a little pushback because you're going, well, that sounds like maybe somebody else could do that, but I could never, no, 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 no. Do not accept this world's identity for you, right? You were called. God created you with a purpose, with meaning, and, and, and you've got to step in. How do I step in? You don't have to fix it all. You don't have to clean yourself up. You've got to push into relationship with God in the way and, and on his terms, not on your terms. You've got to surrender. This is now God, the way you want me to live my life. And as I do that, he will transform me and I will see that likeness of Christ that serve love, boldness and honor. Those things become a normal part of who I am. And when that happens, transformation happens in this world. The rescue mission that we're on happens and we see people come to know him and we see the supernatural when we do what we can do in the natural. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for your words. It's challenge. It's, this is a challenge today. And for those that are sitting there and thinking, I, I don't think I could ever do that. Would you, would you, would you comfort them today with the thought that they don't have to? It's really just about surrendering to you. It's really just about getting over our pride and saying, God's number one. Whether I agree with what he has to say or not, I'm going to do it his way. And so God, help us to surrender. For those of us who feel far from you today, uh, that maybe we would recommit our lives or commit our lives for the very first time and say, I, I, I want to see transformation. And so today I surrender my heart. Jesus, come into my life. Or Jesus... Would you return to places that I've pushed you away? So God, guide us, transform us, that we might be Daniels, transforming the place that you have put us in, the communities that you've put us in, 
We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us this morning. And man, I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.